Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition, the beginning of SEC football. The 53-man roster for the Tennessee Titans has been established and has already been tweaked since it was announced on Tuesday. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. You can get to us on the Twitters, of course, at Braden Gall, at Pod. Zach, how are you, sir? We got breaking news literally minutes before the show started. Derek Henry contract information. We've got a huge show. What a whirlwind. I know. So we've got a huge show planned for you guys. We're going to dive into all of the SEC in week number one. You're going to hear from Kevin Byard. I had a chance to talk to him for a few minutes. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to. J-Rob making excuses. Josh Gordon, SEC upset alert. Like just a shit ton of stuff today on the show, Zach. And minutes before the show starts... Uh, there's an Ian Rappaport. I don't know what you call that. Like a, like a, a it's, you know, it's a Woj bomb, you know, for Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you call uh, a, a Rappaport tweet, but basically the Titans are reworking uh, Derrick Henry's deal. So we, we'll, we'll get to all of our wonderful, amazing sponsors and turn on all the notifications and listen to all the podcasts and all that great stuff. But uh, what do people need to know? Uh, and we'll keep you up to date as information comes out. So welcome to the show already in progress. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry's new contract. What's going on, man? Well, it's right now, what we know is that he's getting a $2 million raise in 2022. He will now earn $14 million this season, uh, which doesn't, I guess he's not including the signing bonus that he's already been paid. That's the base salary plus $2 million. Uh, right now, they did not add any years to Derrick Henry's contract. I don't know if that includes void years. They Maybe they did add void years, but not real contracts. In, in the end, right now, we may have to come back to this topic, but they look here, here we go. PFT has confirmed, Pro Football Talk has confirmed the deal for Derrick Henry. The Titans moved $2 million from the final year of his deal, 2023 to 2022. If he's still playing at a high level after this season, he'll likely get a new contract next year. Henry gets a $9 million signing bonus of $4 million base salary and $1 million and 46 roster bonuses in 2022. So what they've done is take down, it looks like, if they're giving him a $9 million signing bonus, they have taken a $4 million base salary? Oh my gosh, this is getting a little... I, I, I love I love watching Zach do uh, like live contract math on the air in real time. It's it's so wonderful. Uh, here, let me, I'll lay out a couple of things to think about while Zach, you do some contract math over there. Um, so basically, Derrick Henry after 2023, uh, they they had a chance to get out of the contract. Derrick Henry's reaching about 1,500 carries, seven or eight years in the league. He's about the age where the body, quote unquote, normally starts to decline. Th- this feels like two voidable years were included for cap purposes. There you that, go. So there, there it is. I told so, you there's going to have to be cap years. There's have to be. There's have to be cap years. So basically, what this does, and you correct me if I'm if you think I'm wrong on this, Ooh, Zach, but you give Derek a little bump this year, and you give both sides the flexibility to negotiate the the new salary, whatever that may be, depending on how they project his his development over the course of the next what year. And yeah. then ne- next year they've got him. And then after that, they can decide, hey, if you're still playing at the highest level, we'll give you a whole new deal and we can keep you around for two or three more years. Although you've kind of said all along that you think that could be unlikely. Yeah, so we're, he's due for a 15-5 cap hit next year. So this will it's, it essentially lower that number as well because of the addition of the void year. So when you're talking about two voidable years were included for cap purposes, that means that, yeah, he's going to have some, de- there's going to be some dead cap hit. But that's going to be okay 
because ultimately you're just looking for lower cap hits next year. So while he's the highest paid running back this year, technically he won't be the highest paid running back next year. Okay. Uh, Stoney Keeley, shout out to the Sobros Network. He said, did they just take Brett Kern's money and give it to Derrick Henry? No, they just um, took Derrick Henry's money and gave it to Derrick Henry in right, a different way. Right. right. Uh, people, Stoney, who, Stoney. people who are saying that, because I've seen that tweet a lot, I think, I don't know if it's in jest or seriousness, but they have taken Derrick Henry's money and given it to Derrick Henry. They've moved all of his money around. Stoney, yeah. of course, always in jest. Never serious, that guy. Uh, of course, check out all of his work. Um, uh, so, I, I guess, in your opinion... What does this what does this news mean for the future of the Titans and Derrick Henry's relationship moving forward? Well, I think this this solves the the quote unquote rumblings from Derrick Henry's camp about remember the hold in and all this kind of stuff. Right. I think what they're doing is guaranteeing him more money and a signing bonus up front. So the the stuff that's been converted to a signing bonus, he's actually going to get paid in cash this year. I like so, it when you I like the little finger little motion. Yeah, the, the little Johnny Manziel, if, you, if you're watching <laughs> that's the video. Right, so that's right. He's going to get a buttload of money basically essentially today or tomorrow whenever this goes through. And there you go. There's his upfront cash that he's getting paid. That's going to placate him for next year. They may even do an extension next year because now it's a little easier to do the extension because now they have pretty much paid him a lot up front and given him uh a flexibility to add on okay uh, enrique says do they lose two million more in cap space this season i think that's where people are going making the kern joke I, right where it's i like don't think i'd have to see it all worked out because essentially they should say if he's getting paid 14 million dollars this year so that's nine million sign-in bonus four million dollar base salary and one million dollars and 46 man roster bonuses in 2022 that is $14 million. He was scheduled, his cap hit was scheduled to be $15 million. So technically, he should should be a $1 million less cap hit. Okay. There, that's, see, this is all good news so far for Titans fans. And Derrick Henry gets a little extra cashish this week, this, this year. So it's all good for everybody. Again, I still think this. a lot of this depends on what does his body look like after 300 more carries? <laughs> like, yeah, that that's where this is going. Is if you're the running back who has the carries, has the injury issues, has the workload that he does, getting paid all this money into a signing bonus up front in 2022, that's a good deal for everybody involved. Yes, they, and it gives everybody Titans have flexibility. Derrick Henry gets paid. Use him up, Vrabel. That's what I'm hearing. You use him up. Uh, and yes, yes, Enrique, it is impressive to watch Zach do real time salary cap math. Uh, Vic, Vic Fangio. No, not Vic Fangio. Why? Why am I drawing a blank? Vic on? Marino. Vic Marino. Vic Marino should should be bringing you on staff. That's what he should be doing. I, Zach, Zach Lyons, I, baby. Zach Lyons. I everybody. am a great guy to have employed. I, I I tell you, I will work. Nobody will work harder during contract negotiations to tell you what you should do <laughs> more than I will because I I would. I would love it. I would love to work on, I would love to do negotiations in the sports world because I would love to look at like some player that is trying to do a hold in or hold out and be like, dude, you're running back. What we need you for. Also, and one of my favorite things about you is you do not suffer fools at all. And I, I, I appreciate that about you. So I can just see you being like, what, what are you talking about? We're not giving you any extra cap yeah. space this year. You moron. Let me, like, I'd have a big dry erase board with definitions <laughs> written on it I'd, I'd pass it all out to every player can you do the dan campbell voice though when you talk like oh bro like i don't think we can keep this guy bro like it's just his, his, i, I his could probably do a uh a voice like that 
Maybe I just do a British accent or something. Work on work on bringing that back out. Uh, Tim on Twitter says, and I think Tim's in our fantasy league. Tim on on uh, the comment says, I've taken the different, I've taken differential calculus, and I still don't get how salary cap hits work. Hey, so. I write an article every year and try to explain all definitions and everything for you. And you, and if you want to, you could probably go back and go to broadwaysportsmead.com and pick that up. And, and it's free, so you don't have to. But I do encourage you to pay for some Broadway sports media. Uh, yes, uh, here we go. So let's get to how we would normally start the show, which is special thanks to our awesome and amazing sponsors, the Kingston Group and Weiss Liquors. Again, Weiss Liquors right here. Got the T-shirt on right there. Weiss Liquors, Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. They'll ship it right to your house, man. And and what do we say about Weiss Liquors, Zach? Are you listening to the ad this yes, time? I am listening to the ad this time. I... They drive so you can drink. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say I drink so they can drive, which is fine. That that works yeah. too. Like I'd like to do all the drinking, and you, they, Weiss Liquors, can do all the driving. Pop into the store, of course, locally owned for almost a hundred years and operated here in Nashville. If you say four forty at the cashiers checkout, you get ten percent off. That is tax free booze, folks. So check them out and buildkg.com for the Kingston Group. If you're working on some home renov- renovations or any additions you want to do, or you're buying a house and you want to do some flipping and, and renovating it before you purchase the house, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. They'll come out. They'll give you a nose to tail price point and, and aesthetic and design. They've got everybody in house. You you can trust. And we did have some somebody uh, who was upset that we were talking about general contractors in a, in a bad way. I wasn't talking about good general contractors. We were talking about bad general contractors, the shady ones that will steal your money and not do the work for you. Listen, there, there are small bad companies. There are big bad companies. There are independently owned bad companies. Yeah, Look, it's yeah. just not every, not every company. There is no company or workforce or job that is free from not having bad segments to it. There, there are some amazing and wonderful, I'm sure, general contractors in the Nashville area. If you don't know all of their names, go to Build KG and go talk to the Kingston Group because then they'll take all of that concern out of the out of the equation. And again, doesn't mean there's not good ones, but there are lots of bad ones. So don't yes. work don't work with the bad ones. Don't take that risk. Go call the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. And what should folks do with forty nine ninety nine, Zach? If you've got an extra forty nine ninety nine per year, what should you do? You should go to broadwaysportsmead.com, use promo code insiders, get your first month 99 cents, and then it bumps up after that. But do the annual. Skip over that, go to the annual one, and save over 40% if you do that. There is so much great stuff going down the pipeline. Uh, Easton, right before we came on the show, was talking to me, uh, you know, talking about article ideas and all this stuff that's going to be happening and scheduling all these meetups and meets and greets and Zoom calls and videos and podcasts. I mean, all kinds of different stuff that's happening over at broadwaysportsmedia.com. It's hyper-local focus. It, we are we are expanding and leaving you hanging on quality content. Yeah, there you go. Um, so make sure you check it out. Of course, uh, follow all the accounts. Check out all the other shows as well. And you know what? If you want to go to the National Scene Best Of... And vote in, like find the category that's like best live stream football show about the Titans and SEC football, and, and write in a football show. Like we would not hate you for that. Like go ahead and go ahead and write that in if you want. Uh, check out the F Words Pod, Music City Audible, uh, Club and Country, Fringe Element for the SEC folks. We got all kinds of stuff. The YouTube page as well, and obviously, you're, if you're watching this on the YouTube page, we certainly appreciate you guys supporting us and share the show. Tell somebody about the product. We do appreciate it. All right. Uh, you're going to hear from Kevin Byard. I had a chance to go into an NFL locker room, Zach, for the first time since 2019. It was very odd. Everyone was in there. All the reporters were in there on Wednesday. It was very interesting. But I had a chance to get like about three minutes with Kevin Byard trying to explain 
the Titans culture. So you'll you'll I'll, we'll play that for you guys coming up a little bit later on. We'll talk about the 53 man roster, some of the smart decisions, Josh Gordon, Josh, John Robinson talking about COVID excuses. It's a loaded show. Dude, we got so much shit to get to. Uh and then of course week 1 in the SEC, we've got some rapid fire. We got games on Thursday night we'll get to. We got some teams on upset alert. And then of course we've got some major stuff uh, coming in, in in the form of the biggest games in the SEC. Real quickly, if you would like to be a part of our fantasy league on a football show, we've got four spots left. So make the case either in the comments right now or on Twitter at Braden Gall at Fords Pod. Make the case for you to be in the league. We'll pick four more people, uh, and then we're gonna have the draft next week. And next week, big news. That's all I'm gonna say. Next week, big news. You'll get a podcast on Monday, and then we'll be back live on Thursday. And I'm just saying you should tune in. That's all I'm going to say. Sound Got good? to tune in. Got massive, tune in. massive news coming down the pipeline. Game-changing stuff for a football show. Maybe even ways for you to interact with us in person. Ooh, in person? In I person. Get, I get to You get to hear me gas bag and bloviate in person? That sounds just extraordinary for everybody. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that being said, week number one in the SEC, folks, it's finally here. And it is full of monster, monster football games. I mean, I've never seen a week one slate in the SEC like this, possibly ever, where you're talking about at least four games that are statement games, like season-defining games for some teams. Like, we'll we'll talk about, but, you know, Georgia versus Oregon, Florida versus Utah, LSU versus FSU, and then Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Then you got four games that are going to be exciting because they could be closer games than what people think. and up some teams could get upset and then i mean you got some other games that but you're talking about eight games total right i mean eight games f- coming out of the sec right out of the gate as being some of the most exciting most impactful games i, I i'm just excited for it i don't think yeah. i've been excited for week one college football like this in a long long time yeah there, there are some duds you know a&m alabama auburn all playing with like 40 plus point favorites Tennessee's a 35-point favorite on Thursday night. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm laying the points and taking the balls in that one. Um, but we'll kind of rapid-fire some of all of those. But here's the thing. The, the Pac-12 and the SEC, with their two big games, and we'll talk a little bit more specifically about each game, but they could murder the Pac-12's hopes. The SEC could absolutely murder the Pac-12's playoff hopes in one day. In one day. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could. And that is, if you're a Pac-12 fan, you are concerned about the Utah-Florida game specifically because if utah and and we can move into our 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 preview because i agree with you this is one of the best first weekends i can remember in the sec it's also great everywhere else thursday night you got big 10 games you got backyard brawl west virginia pittsburgh you got notre dame ohio state you got great games everywhere but utah florida is the opportunity for billy napier the florida gators in in their first game as a rebuilding program to knock off a program that has playoff expectations and Utah is supposed to be the big, bad, physical team that could come in there and push them around. I'm picking that to happen. I am picking Utah to go in there and wear them down with one of the best offensive lines. This is a natural progression for Utah. But if Florida somehow pulls an upset and Anthony Richardson looks spectacular doing so, that almost could single-handedly destroy the entire Pac-12's hopes of having a playoff team this year. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I, I have said from the outset that there's something about what's being talked about in Florida what they've already got brewing just in his first year that has kind of piqued my interest about this team 
And I, and I really, you know, at the end of last year, and even though they hired Billy Napier, I wasn't really like interested in anything about Florida. But now I'm like, everything you hear, the the, the compliments he gets and all this stuff, I, I'm i going to go for the upset. I'm, I'm going against oh, you. Oh, I like it. I like in it. that this is a defining game for the season of Florida. Because if they go in and beat Utah, and listen, SEC football is superior to Pac-12 football in every way. So if they go minus, in... Minus the, minus the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, minus that, that is true. Which is surprising why Josh Gordon is here. But and, <laughs> we'll, we'll, and, I digress. And mushrooms. And mushrooms. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> I think that um, <laughs> if they win this game, not only does it show SEC dominance right out of the gate against the Pac-12, but it also shows that Florida is going to be a force to reckon with. And I've said on this show a few times that I think a lot of people are discounting Florida a little bit because they do have a tough start to the schedule. But if you get yeah. this in, who do they play next week? They got Kentucky at home and Kentucky let down game. This is a, that's a trap game. <laughs> well, but Kentucky, Kentucky's lost Chris Rodriguez and Jordan, Wright. They're arguably their, their, be, their non quarterback, best two players. They're, they're suspended. We're not sure when they're coming back. This is I, I I agree about how this defines Florida season. Now it won't define the Billy Napier area because it's one game and he's got a long way to build it. My like if I'm if I'm being honest, my concern about Florida is about the wide receivers and more importantly the depth along the defensive line. And Utah is built to exploit both of those things. And so in theory, this should be a celebratory moment for Utah to go down to the swamp and put a feather in their cap, a road SEC win. On their, on their way to a Pac-12 title, potentially in a playoff spot. But they're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I cannot tell if Vegas knows something about Anthony Richardson in Florida, because I'm with you. I like Billy Napier a lot. Or if it's just sort of like this, well, we know Vegas and the SEC gets more play, and more people are going to gamble on the SEC, and they're going to give them more love and for being at home, and they're just trying to hedge here and get the money split. So I don't, I don't know about uh, – the point spread is weird. Every bone in my body says Utah minus two-and-a-half is a no-brainer. Wow, that's that's yeah. big. And I, you know what? I think that people should, you know, you are a college football expert, probably one of the greatest oh. college football minds across the nation, maybe oh. even in the world. It may be the greatest. Yes. Yeah. And I think that they should take your advice and take that because I'm sure it's what the minus 110. Yeah, I think it's it's I I can pull it up real fast if you want yeah. me to. But but I, I think I think that the people should jump in on that if the odds are good and and stuff. But a Florida money line upset. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, I may I'm have with, to get in there on that one. I'm a, that's value right there, though. That's yeah. a value play. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with play. that. Is this, out of all the games that we're going to be talking about, and there's four of them, is this the most intriguing one? Because there's a, not, there's a lot of unknowns on both sides. Or is, to me, it's like, I'm I'm trying to tune into this game specifically, set time, and watch this game specifically. I, For me. I think it, I think it is the most important college football game in the entire country. Woo! I love it. I love it. I like it. Because no matter what happens, it is a huge story. Yes. If Utah goes in there and wins, they have set themselves up with a committee resume road win against a high, I don't want to say high quality, but a quality SEC opponent that is going to build their resume on the way to a potential playoff spot. If they lose, the Pac-12 could be done because the next game we're about to talk about, even though I think it's going to be much better than people think, Oregon and Georgia... There is no chance that Oregon is going to win the game. They're a 17-point underdog. Georgia's not going to lose this game. It's in Atlanta. But Oregon, defensively, offensive line, very, very strong along the line of scrimmage. So it's going to challenge Georgia's reworked defense in the first half. But Bo Nix is still the quarterback. 
So to me, I like like Georgia's going to win the game, and if and if Florida pulls the upset, then you have the arguably the best two teams in the Pac-12 losing in Week One. That is a huge story, no matter what happens. Let me ask you a game. What's what's the uh, or about this game? Because is this an under game? Like, is this one where you bet the under? Because it seems like with Bo Nix, and I know Oregon has some juice to their defense, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes, they they are yeah. loaded. They have two linebackers that are going to look like SEC linebackers. Right. Noah, Noah Sewell, and who's Penny Sewell's younger brother, and Justin Flo, two five-star kids. They are heat-seeking missiles. It is going to be fun to watch them against the Oregon. So I against feel, like, I feel like betting the under seems like I, I would almost take Oregon's points and I would bet the under because I feel like this is going to be a lot closer game than what people think. Now, I, I, tend, to, is, I tend to agree with you. So I look at it this way. It, if Georgia lo- wins by three points, okay, so let's say they win by three points. Oh, man. What does that say about Georgia and what does that say about Oregon? Um, all right, that's a great question. It would say one that that all the like I've been hyping up Oregon since March. Like I think they could be a playoff team even with a loss to Georgia. So I think they're very good, but they need good quarterback play. It means that all the things that we think about Oregon are true. One of the, the best one of the best offensive lines in America, one of the most talented front sevens in America, and that the quarterback has been upgraded from last year, who was Anthony Brown. Now it's Bo Nix, and that and that Bo Nix is sort of once now that he's free of the shackles of the planes. He's actually becoming like the player we all thought he could become. And so I think that's what it tells us about Oregon. What it tells us about Georgia is that replacing 15 players and all that talent on defense is going to take a little bit longer than we think. And I think this is the most interesting part of the game. Oregon's offensive line versus Georgia's defensive front. If Georgia just shuts that shit down, then they're going back to the playoff and they're going to be in the Atlanta for the SEC championship game and all that five-star talent that they're replacing five-star talent. Like they lost all these guys to the draft and they're replacing them with five-star guys. Like, like this isn't, this isn't like Ole Miss going to the portal for like 22 guys. This, this is Georgia took zero players in the portal. Zero. <laughs> Kirby smart looked at his roster. We're like, we're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. So it's about Georgia's defense, maybe being a little slower. And then of course the, the damn commentary about Stetson Bennett will never end at that point. So, if the Oregon's defense has a good chance to really make some noise against Stetson Bennett and get that, I know that's your least favorite. I feel like it's your least favorite uh, player topic uh, this year. The narrative that Stetson Bennett is not a good quarterback. I, I'm so tired of it. Like, it's, yeah, he led two 75 yard touchdown drives against Alabama in the national championship game to win a ring. He was one of the most efficient players in the entire country. He's got the best tight end room in a like I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen a tight end room like Georgia's got this year with Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and Eric Gilbert. They are going to be unbelievably creative with those pieces on offense. They have one of the best offensive lines in America. Like, Georgia ain't going anywhere, folks. Like, I don't... Again, I think they're underrated. I think Georgia's actually underrated. I would not gamble on this game, Zach. I, I don't... I like where you're going with the under that... You know, there's there's some like feeling out happening. It feels like on. one of those games where it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be extremely close and low scoring. I I lean towards, Georgia can easily just blow them out. I lean towards blowout. The uh, the over under is fifty two and a half. That's a pretty small number. That is a small number for college. But I think you're right though. I think this is more like a like a twenty four to three, twenty seven to seven, thirty to ten kind of game. Like so that th- either either. Either Oregon backdoor covers or Georgia barely covers, but that they're both low scoring because they're both very good defensive teams. 
I mean, the, yeah. I, I think the only way they get to that 52 is if Georgia scores like 40 or 45 points, which I guess is possible, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that. So I'm, I'm not touching that game, but that, gotcha. that, that is a, that is a fascinating good on good matchup along the line of scrimmage to keep an eye on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in this game than, you know, I was probably like three or four months ago. Like Oregon's Oregon sneaky. Good. Yeah, Oregon can make a little bit of noise in this game. It just depends. Can they hold up for four quarters? Because eventually, Georgia's yep. going to push their way through. And and also, you've got a quarterback <laughs> that Kirby Smart has played against three times in Bo Nix. Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon, just left Kirby Smart's coaching staff last year, won a ring with Georgia. Then there's a receivers coach for Oregon that's now on Georgia's coaching staff. So there's all this, like cross-pollination that's happening where like both sides know each other extremely well so it's going to be fascinating x's and o's to watch for sure yeah it's gonna be crazy and i think this game is a little interesting florida state versus louisiana state the, the I love this. states and i saw a tweet or an article i can't remember which one it was but i think it was a tweet for an article and it said that brian kelly should have nick saban like expectations and I thought that was such a great thing because Brian Kelly's coming in and he needs to be coming in and start winning big games right away because that's who he's supposed to be. There is no, I feel like there shouldn't be, well, this, it was a rebuild year for Brian Kelly. If he's as good as he says he is with SEC talent, he should be making statement again. Do I think he should be winning a championship like first go around? No, no, but the, the, the expectations for this year should be dominating games that they're supposed to dominate. And, you know, the, the, and then next year should be, okay, if they did what they were supposed to do in year one, year two should be championships. I think, I think that's fair, especially at LSU. When if, if knuckleheads like Les Miles and Co Coach O can win national titles, then Brian Kelly should be able to as well. So I think that's completely fair. Expectations at LSU should be national championship. He's also been to the playoff twice and the BCS title game once. Like mm. he, he passed Newt Rockney. Like you can't pass Newt Rockney and not be good. So I think he wasn't very good when he got to those playoff games. That, but that's th this is what makes him interesting. This is why. And actually, he I thought Notre Dame acquitted itself very well in 2020 in the playoff against Alabama. I thought I thought they, they gave Alabama like they didn't t challenge Bama, but they played Bama as well as anybody did that year other than Auburn, really. Um, so I, I, I think. Here's the thing. The reason he's at LSU is to get that fifth star player, like that extra star on every recruit. And they can't do that at Notre Dame because of self-imposed sort of like limitations, whether that's behavioral or educational or whatever, and, and ge geography. He went to LSU to fish in a bigger pond. That's it. And then he went fishing, by the, for, by the way, for the first time in his entire life. He caught a fish. He said at Media Days to me, he was like, yeah, I caught a fish for the first time in my life. He's like 63 years old. Like, what the hell have you been doing with your life, Brian Kelly? Like, you're a millionaire and you've never been fishing. Anyway, uh, end end of sidebar. Um, you're in Louisiana, dude. You got to anyway. So the point is, they're going to be much better, quicker than people think, and then it's going to then they're going to plateau. And the question is, can he recruit with Fisher, Smart, and Saban? And if he can, then LSU can. Then I think LSU can compete at that level. This this will be an interesting game because I think Florida State has the edge. Uh, front seven versus the O-line. Like, I think that Florida State's front seven is better than the O-line for LSU. That's, and that's fair. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Brian Kelly can scheme up to get something like that 
basically knocked out of the way, right? I mean, it helps having a mobile quarterback. Yeah. It, is it, this seems like a game that would be a good under bet on too, because uh, on the flip side, LSU's front seven is way better than Florida State's offensive line. Yes. Like it feels like it's going to be one of those games where you're not going to really know about either one of these teams' offenses. And then next week you're going to be like, oh, where was this offense week one? Yeah. So, well, so here, so Florida State's already played a game, which is weird. Uh, they beat Duquesne and it was whatever. I don't even know if you can learn anything in that game. You, you, we've, we've missed the most important part about this game. The complete and utter chaotic drunken debauchery that will be taking place around the game. And it's sold out. It, it is a sold is, out game. Florida State is one of the trashiest football programs in the history of college football. They're right there with Arizona State. Just you're gonna need just bring extra penicillin shots with you when you go to Florida State games. When LSU plays in New Orleans, it is a complete, it's total chaos. I think the football on the field is gonna match all of that because of what you said. Great defensive line for LSU. Not sure about Florida State's offensive line. Quarterbacks that like to run around but sometimes make mistakes. This whole game screams complete and utter chaos on Sunday night, and I'm here for it. It is going to be lack of discipline, lack of fundamentals, like no, total unknowns on this side of the ball for LSU. New coach, you know, the French Quarter is going to be completely destroyed at the end of the night. Like it's just going to be, it's 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 everything I love about college football and chaos and the unknown. And I like LSU. I like LSU to win the game. I like them to cover. This is one I might put a few bucks on, lay the three points, because I just don't think Florida State's there yet. And Brian Kelly is a is a proven winner. So I'll, I'll if, take I'll take LSU. If Florida State wins this game by, I would say, a touchdown. Touchdown or more. I would say a field goal is possible, but let's say a touchdown or more. What are LSU fans thinking on uh, when they sober up the next day? Damn, dude. I mean, it's not going to go over well. Um, even though the spread says, Hey, it's kind of even, right? Um, I, I do think that a first year coach gets a, gets a little bit of a pass. Um, but I think it's this I think first it's, year head coach in particular. I mean, that's the thing is like, isn't he, it's not Josh Heupel coming in, you know what I'm saying? It's Brian Kelly. Is it yeah, Heupel or Heupel? Josh Heupel. Okay. And, and I think it's much bigger deal for Mike Norvell at Florida. At, <laughs> I think it's a much bigger deal for, for Mike Norvell at Florida state. If he were to lose. Because he's been there already, um, and they're supposed to be making progress now. LSU wasn't a rebuilding job the way the way Florida State was. I just think these are like two programs that absolutely love to hit it hard, and then they are all in New Orleans, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And I like and Stony says this like Utah Florida might be the most important game of the week, but if you're picking one to go to, LSU Florida State might be the one I might go to as well. Like that is it's not a home game for somebody, which I don't like. I like being on campuses, but my God, this is, and the game we're about to talk about is the exact opposite of this because Cincinnati, Arkansas, like if you love sound gap defense and form tackling and like staying in your lane and following the, the instructions the coaches give you and playing within the, 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 <laughs> within the offense and like just everything that these are the two most fundamentally sound disciplined football teams you're ever going to see. It's the exact opposite of the LSU Florida state game which I think is going to be total chaos. This is going to be like a football nerd's dream. Luke Fickle, Barry Odom's defense, two defenses that are like, they never make mistakes ever. And it's going to be, so, I, I'm, I'm the, the nerdy side of me can't wait for this game. Arkansas at home, six and a half point favorite. Cincinnati's losing like all these first round picks, all these other NFL players. I like Arkansas. I like KJ Jefferson as the difference maker at quarterback. But if you love watching just like, 
<laughs> just yeah. fun and fundamentally sound gap control stay in your lane bring your legs and wrap up kind of football this is your game it's it's almost unfortunate this is kind of a forgettable game uh, and lost among the sea of of, of games college wide because i think it's a very fascinating game because you're right cincinnati has lost a lot on that gone to the pros in their key positions right they've they've lost defensive backs they've lost uh, a quarterback they've lost their wide receiver yep. where did they go from here is is desmond ritter has been their guy for forever what does this new offense look like without desmond ritter at the helm who is a pro was a pro ready quarterback and do do they have a pro ready quarterback behind them now because we know kj jefferson's going to be going into the nfl we know that there's all kinds of defenders that should be playing in the nfl soon coming from arkansas so what yep, does this yep. game this game to me is a game that i i'm i'm with you i love all the stuff that you described yep and i think there is fascinating aspects to this game because if kj jefferson comes out and the cincinnati defense kind of smothers him there goes his stock just a little bit right out of the gate and he's fighting for his life he's fighting for millions and millions of dollars every week in every game yeah this is about Make your statement. Yeah. If you if you want to be a star in this league, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Stetson Bennett, Bryce Young, go down the list of guys. If you want to make your – Will Rogers at Mississippi State, if you want to make a statement and put your name on the map – now, he's already kind of there because I would argue he's the second-best quarterback in the league. But if you – this is one of those where – now because where Cincinnati is strong as long – they have all five starters back on the offensive line, so Cincinnati is going to be strong at the point of attack on offense – it's the defense that I'm concerned about, but Luke Fickle's really good on that side of the ball. I'm sure Mike Vrabel will be watching. Um, but I, I think it's about KJ Jefferson making a statement and saying to, to the rest of the country, like, yo, y'all, look at me. I'm a stud. I got some Cam Newton in my game. I'm 6'5". I'm 235. I can run and throw it. We're going to win a lot of ball games in Fayetteville. You better watch us. I actually like Arkansas to handle their business in this one. Uh, I'm not picking any upsets right now, so I, ha I hate that, but I... I think Arkansas plays motivated, chip on their shoulder. You know, Cincinnati, they're getting a little bump from last year, I think. I, I think a normal group of five team that loses that much NFL talent can't normally replace it. So, uh, yeah, Luke, I, Fickle, Luke Fickle's a great coach, though. Arkansas has, to me, you know, okay, LSU doesn't win the game, not a big deal. If Georgia barely beats Oregon, not a big deal. Florida loses to Utah. It's not really that big of a deal. If Arkansas loses loses to Cincinnati, I mark that as a big deal. Yep. Yep. That, that would be a full touchdown upset at home to a group of five team. Yeah. That replaced everything. And that, and that that can't happen when you have KJ Jefferson and this yep. defense. You just yep. cannot let it happen. And I think that I think I'm with you. I think Arkansas does handle the business, but this is the game that I'm really probably most unsure of. Like, I, I think LSU is going to win. I'm very confident that Florida is going to win. I'm confident Ooh. that Georgia is going to win. Okay. I am not as confident in Arkansas because Arkansas is kind of a team that kind of just lets teams stay around in games. They never really shut out teams yeah. or keep teams away. And that's that, that's, that's it's kind of like the Tennessee Titans. Like, <laughs> Tennessee Titans have a hard time putting their foot on someone's throat and just going the extra mile. And some and right now, 
I feel like Arkansas has been that way, but this could be the game where they start putting everything yeah. together and change that. That's what I want to see from KJ. Make the statement, um, you know, make make a big, put up big numbers on the ground through the air. Make the statement. Um, I know you want to. You've got some. You've got some some studio space to explore here in just a second. Uh, uh, Jason on on the comment says, if there's a fantasy space to be had, I'd like to take it. My case is that I will probably talk a lot of shit and make it uncomfortable for everyone. I think that's a great. I think that's a good case. Love I mean, it. I think that's a good More case. More shit talkers. Jason, shoot me a DM at Braden Gall. We'll get you in there. Uh, I appreciate that. I like that. Now, before you do any more, because you're about to do some shit talking yourself here. Uh, Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. If you're looking to make a, a home renovation, just talk to them. My wife and I are looking at doing some stuff. We've got Kingston Group coming in and taking a look at all this stuff to give us design ideas, to give us the best price point, and to make sure that somebody kind of walks us through the entire process. No concerns about anybody taking our money and then bolting in the middle of a project. So Kingston Group, buildkg.com, of course, is the website. Go check them out. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, and they're award-winning, Zach. Award-winning. They're like I, me, award-winning. Which I'm assuming is about to be... We're, we're about to win some awards with this next with this next rant. So the floor is yours. These dirty maroon cowboy fucks in Starkville. The Memphis Tigers are coming to eat your lunch. I cannot wait for the Memphis Tigers to upset the Mississippi State, whatever they are now. Aren't they like sharks or something? Or that's the vodka? other that's the other Mississippi school. Oh, the other Mississippi. They're all the same. Mississippi is one big massive turd of a state. They every town wow. is the same. Everything it stinks. The only state that stinks worse than Mississippi physically stinks. There's a stench to Mississippi is Arkansas. Arkansas is the only state that smells wow. worse. Wow, wow, all awful. The Ozarks, awful. Northwest. That's it's a smells pretty state. awful. It smells like bear shit everywhere, and wow. nobody bothers to clean it up. Is <laughs> horrible. You can when you go from Memphis over to West Memphis, Arkansas. Just crossing the bridge, and once you're over in Arkansas to go buy your 30 packs of beers, because they used to have 30 packs of beers over there at a Walgreens, so we oh, go nice. there all the time. Nice. Smelled awful. I I wish that I had surgical masks to wear back then. Dude, Arkansas with the shrapnel so, here. Arkansas. Anyway, getting off topic. Now, great documentary by, by the way about West uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, if you want to if you want to really uh, ruin your Friday night, go go watch that documentary. And I agree with Stony. Fuck Missouri while we're at it. That. <laughs> I drove. I got pulled over for a speeding ticket there, and I hate them. The cop was a was an asshole the whole time, and he he pulled me over in a ten lane highway. So fuck Missouri. Wow. wow. Anyway, fuck Mississippi State. <laughs> They're annoying ass cowbells. It's the worst gimmick in the college football. I hate it. It is so fucking annoying. And I'm telling you right now, the Memphis Tigers are going to upset Mississippi State. There's lock, your upset pick. Lock That's of the money. lock of the week, Mississippi State minus 16 at home against Memphis. No, no. Cal, no Calvin Austin. No officials making terrible calls this year like they did last year and screwing up the game. This one's at home. Mississippi State exercises some demons, and Mississippi State rolls over your Memphis Tigers. Memphis State. Go back. Not home, gonna buddy. happen. This Go is gonna home. be like when Eli Manning threw four interceptions against the Memphis Tigers on the opening game. We're coming for that ass, Mississippi State. <laughs> I just like the. I love the phrase "coming for that ass." <laughs> oh man, we we've gotten crude today on the show. Uh, all right, Miss. I will say this: sixteen points though for a season opener. 
against a group of five team. That is not a big number. And Memphis beat them last year, even though they cheated. It's totally fine. Memphis they, did not cheat. They, they played cheated. within the confines of the rules. They cheated. Although, again, they got a good quarterback, so I think they could score some points. But uh, I'm very, very high on Mississippi State this year. Give me, give me Hail State. Go Bull Puppies. Give me those cowbells, baby. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> um, some other teams on upset alert. We talked about Kentucky with some players getting – uh, we'll go through these pretty quickly here. Kentucky against Miami of Ohio, only a 16-point spread. I'm not super concerned about that. Carvasse Smoke is going to step in and play running back for Chris Rodriguez, who got a DUI and now is suspended uh, back in spring, and so now he's suspended. I think the bigger concern for Kentucky is next week against Florida, if those guys are still suspended, which they probably will be. That's a big one there. Two, two to keep an eye on. Troy is better than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be playing old Mississippi. And Troy's like a 21 point underdog. I would, I would take the points. I would take Troy in the points in that one, because I think that that defense is better than people think Ole Miss wins, but keep an eye on that one. And the real one to watch is Georgia state, South Carolina. I want you to remember that I said it right now on the show. Do not be surprised if Georgia state and that rushing attack with Sean Elliott, the coach who used to work for South Carolina goes into Columbia and plays extremely well. Give me Georgia State Panthers plus the 12 on the road against Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks. Cock Commander will be shaking in his spurs at the end of that game. I'm not picking the outright upset, Zach, because I don't have the balls. But I like Georgia State plus the points. I like Troy plus the points. A couple of upsets there to keep an eye on in the SEC. When when will institutions and businesses learn that you should not ask the public for to name something. <laughs> they're they're lucky that nobody submitted cocky macock face for this for <laughs> what they're talking about. That that's what I would if I would have known that this was going on, I would have submitted cocky macock face. Cocky McDick face. <laughs> yeah. no, it's gotta be cocky macock face. Just cocks, it's like Bodie McBoat face. Just all, cock. just all cocks. Just all cocks. Just co- all cock. <laughs> yeah, gotta be. I'll just all cock. God, we are we are terrible people. No, um, I think I think it's interesting. I think Georgia State is could you know, kind of like they did Tennessee a few years ago, upset. There you go. I mean, why couldn't they? I mean, what, what is it about South Carolina outside of Shane Beamer being like uh, Ryan Gosling over there? Everybody's just all in love with Shane Beamer. Outside of that, what did the South Carolina game cock cocky McCock faces have? (laughs) I can't, I can't with you. They, they have, uh, they've got an upgraded quarterback and receiving core, good tight ends. They're going to throw the ball a little bit. Their offensive line is garbage. And again, Georgia State likes to pound the football and South Carolina's defensive front wasn't exactly all that last year. They should have lost to Vanderbilt. They probably shouldn't have gotten to a bowl game. So I think South Carolina is a little overhyped here. And again, there's a reason that this is a 12 point spread. Like people were talking South Carolina, eight wins this year, eight wins for South Carolina. Yeah. Why are you a 12 point favorite at home against Georgia State then? Like yeah. that, like that doesn't make that any seems sense. like a game that should be when you're scrolling through it, you're kind of surprised it doesn't say like 24. The point spread's not 24. This is exactly what Vegas wants. It screams take South Carolina. Yeah. Which means you go the other way. Right. Take Georgia State Panthers, baby, plus the 12. There you I like go. Like it. I'm writing that down because I don't want to forget it when All we right. get off because I'm gonna make that bet. All right. You want to go rapid fire for some other teams? Because Tennessee yeah. Vol- Tennessee Volunteers, by the way, are gonna play a football game on Thursday night. <laughs> Favored by 35. What about Ball State, which is why South Carolina should be uh, up higher than what they were. But what about Ball State putting out this graphic and misspelling the word Tennessee? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see that? Uh, Lucas Panzeek, I they believe. Misspelled Tennessee? They misspelled Tennessee? They misspelled Tennessee in the graphic. Oh, In the graphic. God. And uh, either this is an institution. Or this is what David Letterman's pissed off about this. Yeah. 
So where's Blaine Bishop? Isn't he a so ball there state are people guy? Who are like, uh, we can't wait to play or can't wait to beat Tate, uh, ball Tate's ass. Ball <laughs> <Tate>. <laughs> Leaving off words. But uh, what oh kind of social God. media uh, people do they have over there running this thing that don't know how to spell Tennessee? That's it's pretty wild. bad. That's pretty bad. I'm trying to find it right now. That's, so, that's, that's pretty bad. One thing from this game, Josh Heupel and Hidden Hooker have to make a statement game, and they need to win by the 35 points oh by my, minimum. Oh, my God. Yeah. They got to win by 35 points by minimum. He's, oh, my god in the tweet, not, oh, oh my god in my No, statement. no, 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 no. I'm, yeah, you're <laughs> right. I'm, for those not watching, which you should be, of course, yes. uh, I, I just saw the tweet. That is... <laughs> Hidden Hooker has to come out slinging that ball. They need to win by that 35 points. They're going to score a boatload of points. Here's what I want to see from Tennessee, and we'll be quick on this. I want to see Havoc plays on defense. I want to see guys like turnovers, sacks, interceptions, tackles for loss, drive-stopping plays. I want to see players on the defense step into roles where they wreak havoc and make plays. Because I'm not worried about the offense on Thursday night. They're going to roll. They're going to crush them. Who steps in outside of Barron and Young on the outside of pass rushers? They need playmakers on defense. Guys who end drives. Like, like cause problems, havoc, big plays. That's what I'm looking for for Tennessee on defense. Uh, I like Utah State plus 42 points against Alabama. You I don't know why? know why this is a primetime game. You want to know why? Because Saban's going to stop. Yeah. Well, does but he's not one of those guys that does stop. No, no. He wants to yell at his team. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, so you, you're saying that he's going to no. stop on purpose. Nick Saban is going to have guaranteed three to five insane outbursts this year in the media because he want, he knows his team is so good that he has to feed him. Like he's got to get the rat poison thing out of there, right? He wants, he's going to take his foot off the pedal intention. Watch this. He's going to take the foot off the pedal intentionally. Utah State's going to score late. It's going to go from like 42 to three to 42 to 10. All of a sudden, Utah State's going to be covering, and Nick Saban is going to lose his shit on the sideline. He is going to lose it. And it's all going to be because he's trying to keep his team focused on whatever the hell he's trying to do, which is win a national championship, I guess. Here's so. what I'm going to say about this game. I'm Utah a noted State. Alabama fan. I will not be watching this game. <laughs> I will be watching Florida versus Utah. I really, I really want to go to the soccer match, man. Austin coming to town, two MVP candidates, but I can't, I can't cheat on my football, man. It's yeah, a football you, show. Food, yeah, they, football. Do they have TVs there yet? <laughs> no, no. It's a fucking stadium? No, they don't have TVs in the stadium. It's ridiculous. Oh my Giotis. God. come on, Jodis. Um, uh, A&M, keep an eye on Haynes King, the quarterback. They made a decision to go to him. He's a guy that if he's good this year, Texas A&M could make a playoff. So keep an eye on the quarterback for Texas A&M. They're playing Sam Houston State. Vandy, how about this? I told you guys, take the over. For Vanderbilt, yeah. If they beat Elon this weekend, they are two yes, and zero. I like that. It's a question. If they beat Elon Musk's university, <laughs> if they beat the guy who, who built a spaceship shaped as a penis to go to Mars, two wins for Vanity. They only need one more, and they hit the over the entire season. So keep an eye on that one. I told you guys to take the Vandy over two and a half. They got that. If they can win this game, I think they, I think they'll handle Elon. But if you beat Elon, you're up, you're two and zero on the season, and uh, the greatest team in in the SEC currently to date, the only team with two wins. So uh, what else? Auburn, Auburn's going to look good. I love that Auburn. Brian Harson is three days away from starting his second season, and his boss is now not there anymore as of today. Yesterday was his last day on the job. <laughs> the guy who hired him, and now he's out. Alan Green is out. So. Uh, keep an eye on that. What else we got in the SEC? I think that's everything. Oh, that's that's Thursday. Just keep an eye on the freshman. They got a five-star receiver, Luther Burden. Brady Cook's a young quarterback. So keep an eye on the offense. They should be fun. They're up by they're a 20-point favorite over 
over Louisiana Tech. That's a fun. T- that could be a fun offense to keep an eye on. Watch them develop over the course of the year. Eli Drinkwitz has been bringing in some five-star talent on offense. So just uh, check out the young talent there from Missouri on offense. Should be fun to watch. Uh, otherwise, I think that does it for the SEC. So I think we're good.